Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking 11 money questions to ask your partner as soon as possible. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. Oh man, it is the holiday season. Can't you feel it? I mean, we just barely got past Halloween and it's like Christmas has exploded everywhere. I don't know what it where it is 
or what it's like actually in your city or where you live. But, um, you know, it just feels like every store I go into, I'm like, all right, yep, yep. There's all the Christmas stuff. We have not even gotten to Thanksgiving, but, uh, we are already talking about the holidays and the next few weeks, we're going to have a lot of podcasts about, my gosh, like how do you survive Black Friday? What are the best apps you should have on your phone? Uh, tons of travel strategies, affordable getaways. I mean, you name it. We are going to be talking about all different ways to manage your money and survive, not only survive, I think thrive through the holiday season. And, you know, holidays are really a time when people start thinking about getting engaged or moving in together or even getting married. You know, I think a a lot of people want to have that New Year's wedding or they want to pop the question on, on Christmas or around the holidays. I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of the time I think when we're all thinking about that. Interesting. 16% of proposals actually happen in December. I would have thought that number would be a little bit higher. Um, One of our, I can't believe I'm actually even going to admit this to you. So you're going to have to keep this a little bit of a secret, but we are, um, we are big fans of the Hallmark holiday movie, Christmas movie-a-thon. If you've watched the Hallmark channel, you know what I'm talking about. There are all these movies. They're basically the same plot and premise, right? Um, And and we just, we literally watch the channel like nonstop. It is, it is quite pathetic. We even know, like we'll, we'll turn on a channel. We'll be like, Oh, what one's on? Oh, it's the one about so-and-so and and -and so-and-so went to save their Christmas tree farm. Or, I mean, it's, it's really ridiculous. In fact, I cannot believe I'm actually even admitting it to you. Um, but you know, the holidays, it just, it brings about kind of this time of, of love, of coming together, of family, of openness, of new beginnings, all of these sorts of things. But you know, it also can be uh, a bad time to be searching social media if you're in between relationships, right? It feels like everyone is posting pictures of themselves and their significant other and just some sort of like blissful way, right? Like life is perfect. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I've done it myself before. But sometimes that image of bliss, I think, can really cloud our ability in relationships to actually talk about the hard stuff or the important stuff. And I mean, you know, it's no secret if you're in a relationship, if you're married, um, you know that talking about money is one of those super important things, but is also one of those things that is really difficult to talk about. Uh, many women, including myself, have have shared with me that pretty much the last thing they want to do is talk about money with their significant other, with their fiance, with their husband, with their wife. I mean, I've had people say, like, I will do any horrible chore forever and ever and ever if I just never have to talk about money. And I think it's it's so it's so fascinating to me because it's this, you know, taboo topic that nobody wants to talk about in relationships. And yet like, it's sort of at the the cornerstone of relationships, right? Because, you know, you want to do stuff. You want to go out to eat. You want to buy houses. You want to buy cars. You want to have kids. You want to do all of these things together that revolve around money. And yet we just don't want to talk about it. You know, we want to just like keep that, you know, kind of like locked up. Like if we can just keep that like in a nice, pretty little box with a bow on the top, you know, we'll never have a disagreement. We'll never have a fight. Well, it's, that's actually like 
furthest from the truth. So, you know, I think the hard thing is that I completely understand. So from, from a, like a person standpoint, I completely understand that, that talking about money in relationship is really, really hard. Uh, but from a professional standpoint, you know, I know the, how, how important it is. And, you know, I think that a lot of times people don't, don't think about, especially marriage this way, but there really is a business side to relationships. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Like love is amazing. I'm, I'm a huge fan of love, right? (laughs) All we need is love. I'm, I'm right there with you, but you know, especially when we get married again, it's, it's a business arrangement, right? We're, we're agreeing to do life together forever. And, you know, we're, we're agreeing to make a lot of really important decisions together. And that's not an, it's way easier to stand up, you know, when we're in like our beautiful wedding attire and we're, you know, it's some amazing location, there's food and beverages all around. It's really easy for us to be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and sickness and health and, uh, you know, richer and poor, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. But come on, we all know in the back of our heads, like we're all saying to ourselves, okay, I don't want that poorer part, right? I'll take the richer part, but you can have the poorer part, right? None of us want any of that. And I think that, you know, you know, especially like when we first get married, you know, it's like we're in such a, it's like we're floating on air or it should be, that's what it should be like when you first get married. And so you don't want to bring any of like the sticky, you know, potentially ugly conversations into play. And yet, yeah, you know, you like, you, you got to, um, just a, a quick story. I was, I was working with a couple, um, earlier this year and, you know, I, I always like working with couples is, is a really interesting dynamic. It's something I personally love. It's why I created my new series budget rescue. It's all about couples and money because I, I know how tricky the dynamic is. And no matter how many podcasts or how many books or how many articles are written about couples and money, there's like landmines just waiting to explode, you know? Um, so I was working with this couple and, you know, it was like our first meeting. We're kind of getting to to know each other and like finding out goals. And, and the husband's like, well, you know, I have a pretty big admission to make. And I'm like, okay, what's that? You know, the wife's right there. And he's like, you know, like we're maxed out our credit cards. We have no savings. Uh, I don't know how our kids are going to go to college. Uh, we've got all these fancy vacations we're going to go on and I don't know how we're going to pay for them. And it was literally like the wife. I mean, this was the first time the wife was hearing this. She had no idea that this was their situation. She's sitting in a fancy house. She's driving a fancy car. She's got a big old fancy watch on her wrist. And you could just see like the tears, a mix between like tears and like sheer horror on her face. Just, I mean, her face just turned beet red. And I, I, I just didn't know what was going to happen in that moment, you know? Um, and, and I think that, that, that those sort of moments as a professional show me how, how tricky this is and that you could be married for years and years and years and never talk about some of these things. And then, you know, it gets to that, like that impact moment. I call it like the crash landing moment, right? Where like, you have to deal with this stuff. There's no other solution except having to, to deal with this stuff. And a lot of times that's, that's when you got to have the tough conversation. And, and I can tell you for sure that having the tough conversation when you're in that, like crash landing moment, 
uh, that really sucks. <laughs> like big time because it's a crash landing moment, right? It's, it's way easier to talk about this stuff ahead of time when, you know, we're, we're happy and maybe we have a few beverages in us and, uh, you know, it's just, it's a lighter situation. So, you know, whether you've been together for a few weeks or a few years, I want to help you out with some conversation starters so you aren't talking about numbers just yet, right? You're talking more about vision. We're going to get to the numbers in just a minute, but here are five questions that I like to um, offer up as great conversation starters about money, you know, and and I'll tell you when you're when you're talking about these with your partner, the most important thing you can do is to listen to what they're saying to you without judging it, right? Without like an instant reaction, because you're going to want fair play when you talk about these questions as well. So, you know, a lot of times what couples do is they'll hear a, a response from their partner when it's talking about money. They'll be like, no, that's not right. That's wrong. I wouldn't do it that way. I'd do it this way. You know, and then it just totally defeats the purpose of trying to bring unity and bring you together, right? Because I don't want you to fight about money. I don't, I don't want you to have those like knockdown, drag out moments. Um, I, I just, I want you to avoid that at all possible. There's obviously going to be some conflict, but before we get the weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. I'm sorry, but I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a mini golden mountain doodle full of life, and I would do just about anything to keep her happy, healthy, and safe. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family and you want to do the best for them, but vet bills can really add up. We jokingly keep telling Winnie she needs to get a job to pay for her vet bill. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customized accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. 
The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping to ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independent American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer, is not engaged in the business of insurance. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Okay, let's go into the five questions. So number one, 
Where did you learn about money and what were you taught? Super important question. I think it's maybe one of the most important questions you can ever talk about with your partner because you're asking them who taught you about money and sometimes the answer is no one, right? So that means like you've had to figure it out by yourself, right? And, you know, maybe you've made some mistakes here or there. Who cares? We've all made them, right? And then what were you taught? And I think what that helps you figure out is not what were they taught, but what is missing? Like, what did they not learn? You know? Okay. Super important. So number two, are you doing what makes you happy? Why or why not? And what would you need to change so that you are happy? And this is a little tricky one because I think especially like millennial generation is is kind of in in this I don't know this this phase that like we have to be happy all the time you know that, that everything has to be happy that work has to be great all the time and that's just not reality I mean I do what I love I love doing this and there are moments where I honestly where I'm like I don't I don't want to. I don't want to help someone today, or I don't want to podcast today, or I don't, I don't want to do all the research that I need to do. Or, I mean, there's so many different things where I'm not happy a hundred percent of the time, right? Do I love what I do? Yes. Would I trade it for anything? No. Right. So it's really figuring out like that core of your partner and, and what makes them happy. And if they're not doing it, well, are there changes that you can make in your life to get there? And this is important too, because if they're not doing what's making them happy and there's nothing that can change to get them there, man, I'm going to tell you like that is a, a flag that you need to pay attention to because that's a whole other area of you know, strife and conflict that can come up. Okay. Number three, is there a pet peeve that you have when it comes to money? Ooh, I love this one, right? Like what is your pet peeve. And this is really important to talk about and really important for you to listen to so that you know, like, what is that thing that drives the other person just batty? And can you work on that? You know, can you maybe not do that pet peeve? So Jeff just totally gets frustrated because I obviously talk about money all the time. And I realize it can be a bit uh, frustrating, right? Because when we're deciding between restaurants, I'm like, oh, well, this one has a happy hour uh, or, oh, this one's going to cost us more money. You know, and sometimes he just gives me this face like, I don't care. I just want to go to dinner. Right. And so I have to remember like, okay, that's big pet peeve. I need to not go on and on about what does it cost. Right. You get where I'm going. All right. Number four. So it's 30 years down the line. What does our life look like now? Where are we living? Where are we spending our time, et cetera? Visualize like what does life look like in 30 years? Because this is really important. This is going to help you plan so that you can get to that life that you want to have, right? Okay, number five. What do you think your strength is when it comes to finances? Now notice, I'm not asking the person what is their weakness, because if you're listening to the answer to these questions, you can figure out what the weakness is, right? I think we all, you know, if we've been in a relationship with someone long enough, we have a pretty good feel of what their weakness is. We also got to know what our weakness is because we're not going to be strong in everything when it comes to finances. There's going to be some part of us that's just not good at certain things. But if we know what our strength is, 
right? And we can look at both of our strengths and go, okay, you're really good at this. I'm really good at this. How do we actually play to those strengths and not to the weaknesses? Because what I have found after working with hundreds of couples is, ah, everybody wants to play to the weakness. Like I always hear about, well, she does this and he does that and da, 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 you know, and, and that creates conflict. It creates this like underlying bitterness So then anytime something comes up around money, it starts to get frustrating because you automatically feel like you're being attacked, right? Like you're doing something wrong, you're getting pinned in a corner, and that's just not the way it should be. If we're talking about like a partnership, a true partnership, right? You wouldn't do this in the workplace. You know, if you were CEO of a company, you wouldn't walk around telling everyone like, oh, you're really bad at this. Oh, you're really terrible at that. Like, I can't think of a worse way to get like productivity out. You know, if you've ever worked someplace where your boss is always on you about the stuff you don't do right, you know what I'm talking about, right? So if we approach it more like, what is your strength? And can we actually work to the strength? It can really help you plan for all of these goals, you know, that you want to achieve. All right. So these might seem like five simple questions, but they really, again, reveal a lot about how you think, act, and feel about money and the same with your partner. So seriously, I encourage you, try it, ask these five questions, you know, create an atmosphere where it's it's an open atmosphere. If you've never talked about this stuff before, I understand that it's hard, but just start somewhere. Start with one of the easy questions, you know, and you'd be surprised that when you first start with like not talking about numbers, you start to open up, you know, this starts to become a little bit easier, right? All right, so once we get past those, we're a little bit more comfortable, then we got to talk about some of the nitty-gritty items, right? We got to get we got to get a little bit dirty, right? Um, and these can be tough, but I tell you for a fact that honesty wins here and will help you again avoid so many of those terrible fights. They're going to help you avoid some of the therapist bills, um, you know, a, a lot of that stuff. So number 1, where do you spend your money, right? And is there a place where you feel you need some support around? So this is going to require a lot of chutzpah, a lot of balls, whatever you want to call it, um, a lot of come and clean, but where do you spend your money? Where is that area where you might need some support around? So is it, well, I just love to eat out all the time and I know I overspend eating, but I don't know how to stop. Or is it shopping? Like, I can't stop shopping at, you know, the gap or I don't know, I'm just making it up, right? Whatever, whatever it is for you, is it, I just, I like to buy fancy watches or, you know, I even had a couple where one person, their thing was that they like to donate money. Like it's a very noble thing that they're doing. Um, she just loves to help people out, but it became a problem because she was donating so much of their money that it was infringing on the other goals that they were trying to achieve, right? Okay, so number two, how much of our income would you like to save each month and for what, right? So it's just a, a, a kind of a general question, right? Well, is your idea you want to save 5% of the income or is it you want to save 50% of the income? That's going to make a difference because if you have a different idea in your head, right, we're going to crash into each other. So we need to understand like, 
Okay. And can we come to like a happy medium with those two? Okay. Number three, how do you pay your bills, right? Do you pay them online? Do you still like to write a check? Do you pay them super early? Do you pay them right before the due date? How do you pay your bills? Makes sounds super simple, but it actually tells you a lot about how that person thinks, acts, and feels about their money, right? Okay, number four. This is a tough one. We're going to need a lot of like um, support around this one, right? I'm here for you. What does your debt look like? This is the one nobody wants to talk about, but it's really important to be super transparent here. How did you get here, right? So after college, I was just like a lot of you listening on this podcast. I got into credit card debt. I got into credit card debt because I felt like, oh, now I'm like free. I've got freedom. I had a job. Um, I ran a business when I was in college. So I, I maybe I felt sort of entitled to spend the money. I, I'm not really exactly sure why, but just one day I looked at the credit card bill and I was like, holy crap, how in the world am I going to pay this off? Right. And I figured it out. Obviously I paid it off, but, um, but I needed to understand why I was getting into debt. And, you know, uh, I've shared with you many times that I've been divorced and I, I had to take on a lot of debt after uh, I was divorced. And, uh, and, and I would beat myself up over that. And then I was like, well, this was, you know, this was the price I had to pay. And so I had to accept it. But it's important to talk about that stuff with your partner, right? And to not feel shame about it because we've all made mistakes. We've all made errors, but sometimes we just need a little help with some of this stuff, all right? Okay, number five, what are your top three financial goals? Really important because if your goals are, you know, you want to buy a house in the country and you want to buy a beat up truck and uh, you want to make jam for the rest of your life, you know, and your partner's dream is they want to live in New York City in a big high rise, they want to have a car um, and they want to make $2 million a year. Well, you know, those two dreams, those two goals are a little bit different. And so we need to figure out, can we actually put those together at all? Right. All right. And number six, lastly, so how will we merge our finances? So are we going to your bank? Are we going to my bank? Are we going to your savings account? Are we going to my savings account? If we're going to have separate everything, how is that, how is that working? And you know, it's definitely a trend I've seen with a lot of people. They want to have separate bank accounts, separate savings account if they're married. And I, I understand, but I also encourage you if, if that's the place you're coming from, have some open discussions about what happens if one person gets laid off from the job? What happens if one person gets injured and they can't work, right? Will you be able to merge things together in a real partner sense so there is equality in the relationship? Or are you just separating everything because you don't want somebody to nitpick what you're spending money on, right? This is, again, it comes back to all being transparent. So, um, you know, one of the questions that a lot of times people ask is, you know, how can we track spending our money? if we're doing things together in a way that is equal. And I've said this tip a lot of times. Um, I think it's about creating, I call it a don't ask, don't tell spending amount, but you can call it whatever you want. So it literally is like you and your partner figuring out, okay, how much money can I spend without having to ask a question? And if 
it's over that amount. I need to ask. I need to ask. It's not permission. It's just say, Hey, like I want to buy this. It costs however much, like, is that, is that cool? And then making a joint decision about it. I think, you know, we get into relationships, we get into marriage and we still want to be completely individual when it comes to money. And it's just, again, it's really hard to do. It's, it's easy to do when everything is going great, right? It's easy to do when everybody's got a job, everyone's got money, everything's going great. It, it's hard when things don't go that way. And oftentimes in life, there's something that comes along that's like a curveball, you know? And so if you haven't talked about some of these things, it can really be a trial in, in your relationship. And doing money together, it's it's a tough job. But again, understanding where each person is coming from and then where they want to go will really help because they're not going to share your same feelings or even the same ways that you handle money. And that's just why you need constant communication about all of this stuff, right? They're not you. They don't think, act, and feel about money the way you do. And that's cool. That's perfectly fine as much as you would like them to think exactly how you think, right? Come on, I'm not going to lie. I'm right there with you. But the reality is they don't. So we have to come to some place where, you know, it's, it's open, honest conversation. So hopefully these 11 questions can help you at least start that conversation and make it not be so scary to talk about money with your, with your partner. As always, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Shauna Game. And if you love this podcast, do me a favor, share it with your friends, shout it out on social media and head on over to the link in the show notes and leave us a review. 